the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. We're going to be looking at Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27. And if you'll turn to that, and you'll read along with me. Again, I'm reading out of the Amplified. Verse 26. So, too, the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bears us up in our weakness. For we do not know what prayer to offer, nor how to offer it worthily as we ought. But the Spirit himself goes to meet our supplication and pleads in our behalf with unspeakable yearning and groanings too deep for utterance. 27. And he who searches the hearts of men knows what is in the mind of the Holy Spirit, what his intent is, because the Spirit intercedes and pleads before God in behalf of the saints, according to and in harmony with God's will. Now, Paul's making the point that and has been making the point throughout chapter 8 and even before that, that we are the children of God and that we are to live by the Spirit, not by the flesh. The flesh and the world are not our home. They are not who we are. They are not our life. We cannot declare our life as part of this world. We cannot declare our life as part of this body. We cannot declare our life as part of humanity. We declare our life as in Christ alone. Paul wants to make that very clear to these Roman believers. Because if they're going to have any success, if they're going to live in victory in the midst of persecution, in the midst of hardship, in the midst of the many distractions of Rome. I don't know what you know about historical Rome, but the distractions were many. They were rivaling today, or we're rivaling them, let's put it that way. They did everything they could do to distract themselves, and the distractions just became increasingly more immoral, profane, animalistic. They did everything to keep themselves distracted from their own misery. This is the kind of truth, knowing who you are in Christ, knowing the truth of your relationship with him, is the only kind of truth that would sustain a new child of God in the midst of all of this. Having the truth as your focus, it was so important for them to understand that, that they had the God of glory recreate them in his image, that they had the new creation as their life, that they literally lived in it, 
that they couldn't be separated from it, that they would not be judged out of it, that they would not fail and fall away from it, that they could walk in the truth of it. And God held them secure and safe and firm, and that he had hedged them in on every side, and they could walk in the confidence of it. And you know what? That was so necessary. These people were facing all manner of persecution. They were facing all manner of rejection from their friends and from their family. They had to have a place, a safe place of security, where they could look past this flesh, past the circumstances, past what they thought they needed, into the eyes of the one who had provided it all, and they had it all within them. They had to live by faith. And this is Paul's message to them. And I want you to see some really beautiful things about what God is showing us here. Paul is teaching us that we are to live by the Spirit, and it's the way we're made. We are to live spiritual lives on a physical earth, in a physical body that still bears the curse of sin. And there's only one way to live that, by faith. The truth of our sonship is being hidden by these jars of clay, except when it is manifested by the Spirit. The spiritual life is not one created by rules or plans, but one where we live in a determined faith in the truth of who we are in Christ. And yes, it takes a determination. I'm not talking about your works. I'm not talking about your effort. I am talking about your will by faith, determining. Paul said in Philippians 3.10, it is my determined purpose to know him. And what Paul is saying right there is that I will not live any other way. Can I live another way? Absolutely. Can I choose another path? Absolutely. Can I fall? Sure, I can fall. But I'm telling you that the focus of my life, the determination of my life is to know him. We are to live in a determined faith the spiritual life, which means when I get up in the morning and look in the mirror, I can say, this looks like my earth suit, but this is not me. And you know, that's a bigger comfort every day you live. The older you get, the better that comfort is. I want to tell you something, that the truth of you is unchanging. Now, if you can recognize that in your body, if you can say, I am glad the truth of me is unchanging, then you can walk out in the world and be hit on this side and that side and above and beyond. And you can be hit a dozen different ways. And you can say, the truth in me is unchanging. My emotions are off the charts. My mind is a whirl. I don't know which way to turn. But at the center of my being, the truth of me is unchanging. So I stand on that foundation. I have a place to go back to that is not affected by the wind or the waves. I have a boat of safety that is secure. The spiritual life is what he's called us to live in, a life that determines to live by faith. It's not an easy life. To make Christ the context for life is not easy. It's not a life that the flesh will accommodate. Have you figured that one out? The flesh won't give you any accommodation there. In fact, the flesh will war against it. Yet he has made us to be more than conquerors. We're not victims. We have within us this 
this victorious and righteous life that is victorious and righteous in all things. He has given us everything in and through the new birth to live spiritual, abundant lives, victorious lives, full lives. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. For his divine power has bestowed upon us all things that are requisite and suited to life and godliness through the full personal knowledge of him who has called us by and to his own glory and excellence, his virtue. He didn't leave us ill-equipped. You know, you see those video games that the kids play. And the big, big deal is that you, you go along and you collect different things to make your life easier. You collect tools or you collect weapons so you can go forward, so you can keep moving forward, so you can keep getting things, so you can grow in the game. Well, I'm telling you that Christ has put everything in you. You're not out there picking up things. It's not going to come across in a sermon. It's not going to be on a DVD. It's not going to be in a message on television. It's not going to come out of the clouds. You're not waiting for the day when you can collect enough to live life normally. You have the life and person of Christ within you, and you are complete. You're expanding in all that he's given you. Do anybody watch PBS Norm Abrams? What was the name of that? The works, Yankee workshop. This guy had millions of dollars worth of tools. I mean, you know, I could build anything if I had all that stuff. He had millions of dollars worth of tools. And, and so he'd show you how to build all this intricate stuff. But it's like, it's like you're, you're in the middle of this and you've got a plan in front of you to build something. And you're saying, Lord, I don't have a clue. I don't have any of these things. I don't know how to do this. And God just taps you on the shoulder and hands you a wrench. Okay, well, what do I do with that? Put it here. Okay, turn it. Okay, there you go. Well, I need a hammer here. I mean, it's just like that. The only difference is it's not God handing you something. It's God has already given it all to you. You got Norm's shop right here. It's all there. And you know what? The joy of the Lord is that you get to participate in the beautiful work of God. The beautiful work of God. He has made us to be more than conquerors, and he has equipped us. What Paul is telling us as children of God is that we don't need to fear being handicapped by the flesh, by the world, by the enemy, or by any inherent weakness. Being handicapped. We don't need to fear being handicapped from being able to live to the fullness that he has given us. You see, the abundant life is for the weak people. It's not for the intellectually strong. It's not for the the determined. It's not for those people who, who, who have a forceful personality. You know, I've heard it said, you know, a lot of the preachers that are out there would have been just as successful in used cars. Well, the, I don't mean to cast a dispersion on what the work of God, but it's talking, what they're making reference to is the personality. These guys are doers. I mean, they're strong. They're going in there. They're, you know, they're going to get it done. They're going to use the, whatever methodology they have to to get it done. But you know what? The work of God is not based on what you can get done. The work of God takes you exactly where you are. And everything you think is a strength is a handicap. Let me tell you that. 
because his strength is made perfect in your weakness, not in your strength. We don't fail where we're, where we're weak. We fail where we're strong. You see, it's about what he does in and through us, not about what we can accomplish through our determination. And Paul is teaching us as children, we don't need to worry about what we have in order to know him, in order to live in an intimate relationship with him because he's equipped us. And prayer is a part of that intimacy. Prayer is a part of that equipping. It is meant to be a heart-to-heart fellowship where, as children, we embrace with love the heart of our Father. It is not a message board. It's not an impersonal blog. It is not you speaking to a wall somewhere. It is a personal, intimate communion. And here's the thing. Prayer is an ongoing communion that we enter into with our words, with our thoughts, with our meditations. It's not what we create. You see, for years the church has taught so many wrong things about prayer. But I want to tell you something. Prayer is not something you learn how to do. Prayer is something that a new creation is born into. And it is an intimate communion. And I want to tell you what's going on within you. The Spirit of God is connected because He is the Spirit of God. There's no separation there. This is not the Spirit of God taking notes on you and then running to the Father and saying, okay, this is what's going on. Okay, well, that's not what's going on. You're in union with Him. But you're not in, just in union with Him. You are in union with God's Spirit. You have the mind of Christ. You're in intimate connection with Him. So what, what is true is that you are not having to create prayer because the Spirit of God in you is literally in tune to your true self to your true nature, to the new creation. He is in union with that. Now, the soul is a different matter. And we will typically pray from the soul. And I, I like, I like uh, the way Andrew Farley talks about it. He says it's a container. Well, that's pretty close to it. The soul is a container within us that, that carries all manner of things. We stuff it full of garbage. It's a tempest. It's where the mind, will, and emotions reside and our perceptions of life so often are are based in the soul, our perceptions of one another. It is, on this earth, full of all manner of fleshliness and selfishness. Now, can you see how difficult it would be for you to pray anything that would be true or truthful out of the soul? be impossible. It's like asking a... uh, a blind guy, what the parade looks like. He wouldn't know. He's got a perception. It's based on incomplete information. Well, I heard. Well, I, you know, I, I think. Well, my understanding is, and how good is your understanding? Do you really believe that you would see it as God sees it unless you had a direct revelation from God himself? You're blinded by this this vessel that you live in, and the soul that you have today is full of all manner of things that would distract you from the very truth of the situation. And here's the reality of it. Many times we're drawn to prayer based on what we feel, and feelings and reality are two different things most of the time, aren't they? We're drawn to prayer because we feel a certain way. 
We're drawn to prayer because of some, some pain that we have. I'm not saying that going to prayer is wrong. Listen, the flesh will never tempt you to pray. The enemy is not going to tempt you to pray. And he's not out there calling on you saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to keep old uh, Todd from doing his homework. Todd, why don't you go over and pray for a while? <laughs> I got him. Uh, that's not happening. And besides all that, you know, if that's Todd's perspective, it's wrong anyway, because the reality of it is, as I said before, prayer is you entering into what's already going on. You know, the Bible says pray without ceasing. Now, the Bible doesn't command you to do anything that the Spirit of God is not completely competent or are not already doing. He says pray without ceasing because he wants you to enter into the truth that you are right now within you. There is a communication that is going on continuously. Paul is assuring these Romans that the prayer is ongoing, that it's not about whether they are in the right position, whether they've got it in the right order, whether or not they were in the right physical position or posture, whether or not they said it right. Let me ask you a question. Now, I grew up in the church, and I grew up in the Baptist church, so you know, we're, we're famous for some of our oratory at the prayer altar. If you read some of the prayers particularly uh, uh, some of the old prayers from people like F.B. Meyer or or Spurgeon. And these words, and, you know, these guys were just, it sounds like Shakespeare. It's, It's poetic. It's eloquent. It's beautiful. And it's just wonderful. And you do you walk away feeling adequate in your prayer life after reading that? Do you? I feel like I need to throw some these and thous in there. I, I just know that, that, you know, it, for God, it's like, do I watch the History Channel or Nickelodeon? No. The reality of it is that he's not listening to the words. Now, I'm not saying he's not hearing you. He's not listening to your eloquence. That has more to do with the people around you than it does with him. What's going on within you, what's going on in the truth of prayer, is that the Spirit of God, not separately, but in union with your spirit, is literally looking at the truth of who you are and the plan of God and saying, Yea and Amen, Yea and Amen. You're praying the will of God, whether you think you are or not. Because at the center of you is a life that is made of the will of God, for the will of God, by the will of God. Now, am I saying that it's not important for you to pray specifically? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that you can pray and you can use your broken English or you can use your uneducated words. You can use ain't. You can talk however it is free for you to talk before the Lord because, because, listen, it's not about the oratory. It's about you entering in. I said, with your thoughts, with your words, with your meditations. Entering into the ongoing prayerful worship before the throne. But it's not without passion. What this verse talks about is groaning. Now, groanings are inutterable. They're not words. This is something that comes from deep within. It is something we feel passionately. 
Now, what's interesting about that is he's not talking about us feeling it passionately. He's talking about the Spirit of God feeling it passionately. Paul is saying and assuring these Romans, you know, you may see yourself offering prayers and weakness. You may see yourself as being ineloquent and stumbling. You may see it as being incomplete. You may get frustrated with your inability to articulate your issue. You may get angry at your inability to really say what you're feeling. You may get frustrated and walk away. But I can tell you, Romans, I can tell you, guys and gals, I can tell you this day that there's not a prayer that's wasted. There's not a word offered in heaven that goes unheard. Because when you sit down, you have a spiritual advocate that is in union with you, that goes straight to the truth of who you are, and cries out before the Father. And what a testimony. I mean, what a beautiful picture. This is, this is not some austere God and some ethereal spirit that's transporting your, your thoughts around. This is the Spirit of God Himself literally groaning over your needs. Groaning over your desires. Groaning over the truth of your life. That's what's going on. You know, what's interesting to me is God can see the beginning of the end. He knows what's going to happen. For Him, time is not an issue because He doesn't operate in time. I want to tell you something. By the way, your prayers don't operate in time anyway either. Did you know that? There's not a time stamp on your prayer. You didn't pray for so-and-so and they died and God looked and sorry, time stamp, you know? Yeah, you should have got that in earlier. You just blew it. God doesn't operate. It doesn't operate in time. The spiritual does not operate in time. So when you offer up prayer before the Lord, He hears you in the ever-present now. And His groaning is not over whether or not his will will be done, because it will be. His groaning is not over the type of prayer that you're praying, because you're going to be praying, if you look at on this side of the equation, you're probably going to be praying wrongly, because you don't know. So it's not over that. Listen, God grieves and the Spirit groans over our struggle. God grieves and the Spirit groans over our wrestling. God grieves and the Spirit groans because Jesus came to assure us of everything that we need to walk in victory. And when we're living in the soul in in a defeated way, when we're perceiving life as a loss, when we're despairing, there's grieving and there's groaning. When we're hurting, there's grieving and there's groaning. When we have misinterpreted something, or when we've walked away from the truth, and when we've injured ourselves in sin, when we've done this thing, there's grieving and there's groaning. And the Spirit of God is groaning with the new creation in here. He's in agreement with God. He's in agreement. Many times, I can remember when the kids would injure themselves, they would come to me. And it could be because they did something so stupid. And do you think I said, well, serves you right. Enjoy your injury. Do you think that's what I did? No. I hurt for them. I didn't want to see them hurt. When they do things, and even when they're headed down the wrong road, I grieve for them. Because I know what the pain's about. I've lived it myself. And you know what? 
if I did say, serves you right, it's because I wasn't truly dealing with my emotions concerning their injury. That's flesh, isn't it? But God grieves over our pain, and the Spirit groans over our perceptions and over our needs. Here's the reality of it. Paul is citing our weakness in prayer or in our communicating our needs. And you'll notice that weakness is singular. So he's talking specifically about prayer. And Jesus tells us in Matthew that the Father knows what we need before we ask. But like a true parent, he desires to hear our voice and to commune with us. So his spirit in us filters out the nonsense of the soul and joins the groaning of our spirit with his own. And this groaning, this praying, is in agreement with the will of God. First John 5.14 says, And this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege, the boldness which we have in him. We are sure that if we ask anything, make any request according to his will, in agreement with his own plan, he listens to and hears us. Well, let me ask you something. Do you think that the new creation is entering into anything that's not in agreement with his will? That's not in agreement with the mind of Christ? No. No. Thank you for joining Pastor Todd Granger for His Life Revealed the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation, rest in His life moment by moment, and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. If you'd like to know more, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And you're invited to join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m., at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If you would like to help support this ministry, send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. And finally, this coming week, our hope is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you. And remember, wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.